Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Danny in the Valley, your weekly dispatch from the West Coast, where we take you behind the scenes and inside the minds of the top people in tech. We have a very cool show for you today. For those of you who have been following for a while, uh, you may recall at the end of last season, we did a special on robots. And one of the companies we talked to in that episode was called Zipline, which had built a fleet of drones that deliver blood to hospitals in Rwanda and soon to Tanzania. Anyhow, they're one of many folks I spoke to, but I wanted to know more about how it all worked, etc. So we kept in touch and I finally tracked them down last week. It's a very cool company. And if you want to know more about the robotics angle and why they are able to do what they are doing and how, etc., I would suggest go back and listen to that robots episode. That will give you a really good, solid background for what they're doing now. Or you can just listen to today's show. In Rwanda, when you go to this hospital and life-saving blood drops from the sky, it's kind of biblical. Yo. Technology. What is it all about? This week, Danny in the Valley is coming to you on location from a rambling piece of ranch land about 90 minutes northeast of San Francisco where, per square foot, there are definitely more cows and horses than people. But this is the testing ground for Zipline. Now, as I mentioned, the company has developed a fleet of super lightweight drones. They look like they're made out of kind of reinforced styrofoam. They have a wingspan of about seven feet and a couple of propellers mounted on top of the plane body. And the underbelly has a hatch that holds, most of the time, chilled packages of blood, which once they're over their target, usually a hospital, they drop it via a paper parachute. Now, I know that sounds outlandish, but it actually works and is in use today in Rwanda, where it is the primary mode of blood delivery. These are kind of critical blood delivery, emergency deliveries in many cases, to hospitals throughout the country. And at their ranch HQ, I got to see a couple launches from this contraption that looks kind of like a giant crossbow. Spinning and launching at our discretion 140. Very good. Mm-hmm. Launching in 10, 9, 
seven, six, five, three, two, one. Now we'll get to my interview with Keller Renato, who is Zipline's CEO and co-founder in a second. But I thought it would just be worth setting this up a bit because on a separate story, I recently spoke with Oren Levine of the Gates Foundation, which of course is the largest private foundation in the world. They spend about $5 billion a year, mostly on major public health issues like malaria, polio, tuberculosis, etc., and a whole other range of issues in the developing world primarily. And Levine is the director of vaccine delivery, which means that he spends most of his days working on, in effect, logistics. How do you get life-saving medicines to places where roads are terrible, electricity is intermittent if it exists at all? And so he's thinking about these kind of very fundamental questions all the time. And anyhow, we got to talking about Zipline, and I thought what he said was really instructive. And FYI, his was the voice you heard at the top of the show. It's incredible. And honestly, in Rwanda, when you go to this hospital and life-saving blood drops from the sky, it's kind of biblical, right? Like, no, seriously, like, you're like, wow. And I don't know if you've been to the Rwanda site where, where they're up and operating, but it's, it is really impressive. And, so those kinds of innovations are also, they're cool, right? But they're also potentially changing the way we think about supply chain and logistics. And I'm particularly interested in it because I think it changes potentially the last mile environment. It's a solution for some of the places where the reliability or the efficiency of the other solutions we have is just very, is very hard to make the case for. I think you get the idea. So after watching a few test runs, I corralled Keller Renato, the 31-year-old head of this whole caper. He had been running around doing conference calls and just generally being busy as a CEO. But I managed to corner him and we sat down inside his trailer next to the big white tent to talk about how and why he started Zipline and why we may soon see his drones dropping blood from the heavens in San Francisco or even in London. Enjoy. Well, thank you for having me out here at the um, at your remote base. <laughs> at the test site. <laughs> yeah. So what's, what's the big idea? Zipline is building automated logistics for the planet, and we focus on healthcare because we think that the long-term potential of having way more effective supply chains is to provide universal access to healthcare for every human on the planet. So right now, this is the deli- blood delivery system for Rwanda, correct? Yeah, uh, Zipline delivers about between 20 and 25% of the national blood supply of Rwanda outside of the capital using autonomous aircraft. In the next quarter, we're going to be delivering more like 50% of the national blood supply, as well as a broad range of other medical products. So we're actually expanding the size of the operations substantially in order to meet all of the demand that actually exists in the healthcare system today. Right. And you're in Tanzania as well. Uh, we are going to be launching. We're working with the government of Tanzania to launch four distribution centers that will serve around 12 million people, a thousand healthcare facilities, delivering a wide range of medical products. Basically, dropping blood from the sky. <laughs> blood and many other things. You know, the, the idea really is just that obviously the products that humans need the most are healthcare products. 
And yet that is one of the places where supply chains are currently failing the worst in the world, particularly in large public health care systems that need to serve hospitals and health centers in, in pretty hard to reach places. Zipline makes it possible for these healthcare systems to totally transform the way that they run those supply chains. They can keep more medicine centralized where it's easy to keep cool and keep track of, and then they can send it to any of, you know, a thousand different hospitals or health centers instantly when a patient's having an emergency and needs it. So it's kind of a total reimagination of how these supply chains work and save lives. And so can you give a sense of like the capabilities? Because when I was just out there, we saw the launch and then it being caught on the big wire. What can it do and how does that compare to like, you know, how blood or medical supplies are delivered now in the places you're operating? The way that supply chains work today for most healthcare systems is surprisingly bad, even in the United States. The reality is, particularly for people who live in rural areas, access just isn't there. So that means that a patient may need to travel anywhere from one to 10 hours in order to receive health care for themselves or for their significant other or for their children. And so our goal is basically to use new technology, which are these autonomous aircraft or drones, to fly products quickly, about 10 times as fast as traditionally possible, out to these places in a way that doesn't depend on the roads, which often don't exist or are sometimes washed out or not passable. This is a way of making the supply chain more efficient while also dramatically improving access, allowing these primary care facilities to do more, treat more patients, allowing patients to receive care closer to where they live. What you're dealing with right now is a developing world problem. Mm -hmm. Is this a developed world problem? In other words, does this apply to, why does this apply to I don't know, the U.S. or the U.K. or places in Europe where you have roads and things kind of generally work. One of the biggest misconceptions about what we do, people often see what we're doing in Rwanda and say, oh, what a great idea because there are no roads. (laughs) But therefore, you know, in places that have roads, it wouldn't be useful. Actually, the reality is all of the hospitals that we serve in Rwanda today have pretty good roads going to them. Rwanda has some of the best roads in all of East Africa. So the value proposition is certainly stronger if you can only reach some of these locations by plane. But the reality is actually that most of the value is in the responsiveness of the supply chain, the fact that you can get rare products to a health facility fast enough that the patient doesn't actually know they weren't stocked at the facility to begin with. It's more in the way that the supply chain can change when you have instant delivery rather than just there was literally no other way of getting there. And believe it or not, a lot of the problems that we're solving today in Rwanda and soon to be in other countries you have these exact same problems in rural parts of the U.S. and the U.K. and other developed countries. The reality is that the quality of healthcare in rural versus urban places is totally different. In the U.S., critical access hospitals in rural places are closing at a record rate. Certain people who live in rural parts of the U.S., their life expectancy has actually decreased over the last 10 years. So we are leaving people behind. I mean, the reason that we started Zipline is that we feel very strongly that robotics and artificial intelligence is going to make it possible to create totally new kinds of logistics for the planet. But the promise of that technology is not to deliver tennis shoes or pizza to your backyard. It's to provide universal access to healthcare for every human on the planet. Right. How did you get started on this? Because it seems like a wild idea. I mean, seeing it here, it's really impressive, but like... How did we get here? Yeah, how did you get here? <laughs> it wasn't a wasn't a straight path. Building something that is 
as weird and transformative as what Zipline is building, you have a lot more naysayers than supporters, especially in the early days. The people who we were most likely to listen to, which were kind of the experts in global public health and a lot of the people who'd been operating in, you know, trying to solve a lot of these supply chain problems for 50, 60 years. In many cases, those people were actually the most cynical, saying like this would not work. Because they've seen lots of things fail before. They've seen so many things fail. And also I think that if you've been solving a problem, I mean, to give a very specific example, if you've been if you've spent the last 30 years investing hundreds of millions of dollars trying to improve refrigeration at the last mile, if a company like Zipline is coming along and saying, oh, but if we can do instant delivery, you actually don't need refrigerators at the last mile, period. That's kind of a reimagination of the problem that I think you only a naive problem solver <laughs> would see. And in many ways, we're, we were naive because it was just like, well, geez, like, why don't we just build something that works instantly all the time and doesn't rely on roads or other forms of infrastructure that may not exist? You know, the reality was that getting started, it, it just seemed obvious to us that we should be pursuing solutions that work 100% of the time. Like, why do we keep, you know, looking for these incremental solutions that might make a 5% difference or a 6% difference or whatever it is? We were really only interested in a solution that would be, that would solve the problem completely period, forever. (laughs) And we think that those kinds of revolutionary solutions are more exciting. I mean, they're more exciting to work on. They're also, by the way, easier to get governments to fund. So, you know, our path has really been, instead of listening to naysayers, finding a few governments who really believed in, in the company and the vision and who shared the vision, and then doubling down with those governments to provide incontrovertible evidence that this can save lives and save money. And today we have that evidence. And and so what's so exciting about all of this is that now that the precedent has been set by kind of a a leading country like Rwanda, now a lot of other countries, including the U.S., are trying to be fast followers here because everyone knows that, wow, I mean, it's going to be a huge industry. So do you think this is the future of how at least part of the healthcare logistics will work in the U.S. and other developed nations? It's actually not really a question anymore. I mean, instant delivery is already a pretty big thing in the U.S. It's just we have it for hamburgers. Right. You know, people love it. I mean, whether you use Uber Eats or Instacart or DoorDash or Google Shopping Express or Amazon Prime Now, I mean, all of these services are providing instant delivery for people. People clearly want it. The funny thing is that they're all building on this underlying technology platform, which is like a teenager driving a 3,000-pound gas combustion vehicle to deliver something to you that weighs one pound. (laughs) It's like really expensive. It's bad for the environment. Like we will look back on that solution and think that was a pretty weird way of delivering something that weighs one pound. (laughs) Um, So in reality, if you want to be solving this instant delivery problem in a really efficient way that's good for the planet, it needs to be automated. And that's what we're building. So I think it's it's very inevitable that that's the future for logistics generally. And we just have this strong opinion that if there is any place in the world that it should start, it should really be healthcare. Because if we have instant delivery for hamburgers, we should damn well sure have it for medicine. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I spoke before with uh, Keenan, who's a CTO and obviously this very well-respected roboticist. And he's obviously been working on robotics in many different forms for a long time. Where did you come from? Before, What were you doing before here? And when did this actually start? The company started in 2011. We kind of almost accidentally created it. We were just building robots in my apartment. And it seemed like a cool thing to do. We were really excited about the potential of a lot of components that have become much cheaper and much more reliable as, as a result of being in smartphones. And so in many ways, so many people are excited about the smartphone ecosystem, but we actually were really excited about the fact that, wow, I mean, what's happening with smartphones has actually now made it possible for a robotics company to do way more than has been possible in the past for way less upfront investment. And so my background was in biotech and economics coming out of college, and I, I certainly wasn't a robotics expert. We've just learned as we've gone. And you know, some of the things that make Zipline special is that we've always felt really strongly that there are so many companies that come from robotics backgrounds that like build really complicated things in a bunker that when it comes down to it, no one wants to buy or pay money for. And so the thing that has always made Zipline special is that as a company, our mission has always been we want to actually make this technology applicable in the real world and serve real world problems. And so it was that philosophy that really has led us to focus on problems in healthcare that we can solve right away and then figuring out how to get la- get a product launched in the world right away and get it to scale. Today, we've flown 300,000 commercial autonomous miles. That's many trips around the globe. And that's actually just, those are just the trips we're getting paid for. Uh, you know, we've delivered 7,000 right. units of blood, 4,000 commercial deliveries. We're going to do 10x that in 2018. So there's a 10 huge, times. Yeah, a huge operational expansion underway. All of this is, it really comes from the whole, like our company's philosophy, which is that we are scrappy and practical and we focus on use cases that people actually want, right. which sounds simple, but <laughs> when scrappy it comes to and robotics and aerospace, it's yeah. actually, actually pretty rare. I believe you had made a, a robot before with an iPhone or something. Yeah. I mean, when we when we got started in you know, my apartment, we had no money and no credibility. And so we had to basically figure out what we could build really quickly. So we ended up just in you know a couple months building this robot that would use an iPhone as its brain. And it turned out people were willing to pay us for that. And that was what ultimately allowed us to get just enough credibility to kind of get started. We actually ended up selling a million dollars worth of robots in the first 12 months. as And then did you have a moment of like, okay, there's this robot, which is kind of a trinket. Is this what I want to do with my life? Yeah, is it basically exactly it. <laughs> it's, it's really, I mean, it's challenging because actually, I mean, I think for an entrepreneur getting started, the challenge is 
it would not have been possible for us to get started building Zipline on day one. Because Zipline is, it's just too crazy. I think Elon wouldn't have been able to build SpaceX without doing PayPal and first. Yeah. So I think in a lot of cases, and for us, we were lucky in just that we were able to do it as the same company. But I think over time, as we were able to establish a little bit of credibility and get investors involved, it became possible for us to start to pursue a significantly more ambitious vision. And we, at that point, had the track record that people would actually believe us that we, that we could do it. Well, that's what's so interesting about your story also is that having covered lots of different companies here, you're the first who actually went to Africa first. Your kind of first customer is an African government. Mm-hmm. Pretty weird. Yeah, it's pretty weird. Yeah. Even that focus. I mean, that may have been by necessity, but also by philosophy. I don't know. I think we're the first, but almost certainly not the last. I actually think that this is kind of a new paradigm and a new trend, because the reality is that we've been lucky in Silicon Valley and that everybody's just writing software and making apps, which regulation isn't an issue. <laughs> but when it actually comes to doing things in the real world, like autonomous vehicles or you know, new forms of gene editing or all, all of these new technologies that people are really excited about, regulation is suddenly a big issue. And so the reality is that if you want to get started fast, you have to be ready to go to the countries with the highest need and the best ability to make regulatory exceptions in order to innovate. The reality is actually that big countries do not have the upper hand when it comes to that game. Uh, actually, small, fast-moving countries are going to lead the world in terms of showing how disruptive technology can work in new regulatory frameworks. Right. And that's totally what Rwanda has done. And I think you'll see, you, you'll see this trend play out with a lot of different kinds of technology. It makes sense to prove how the technology can save lives or make people's lives better and only then bring it to bigger, slower-moving countries. Going back to the U.S. or, say, the U.K., because I know famously... Amazon is experimenting with their drones in the UK. Mm-hmm. But obviously, it's a bit of a regulatory morass. Exactly. That's changing in the States. Well, yeah. One of the really exciting things, you know, in the US, what most people don't realize, I think people think that the FAA is this big, slow-moving bureaucracy that wants to stop change or innovation. That's actually not true at all. Thousands of people at the FAA who are really excited about the potential of new technology like autonomous aircraft The challenge is that we have a chicken and the egg problem where the FAA has been saying, hey, we want to do this. We want to give you permission to fly, but we need tens of thousands of hours of safe flight data showing us it can be done safely. And then the industry has been saying, well, we want to give you tens of thousands of hours of flight data, but you need to let us fly first. So the cool thing is that the best way to short circuit that problem is to get the data operating in countries that can move faster. And today, Zipline is the only company in the world that actually has that kind of a data set. And that is what is now enabling the U.S. to move much faster. So you know, the Department of Transportation, in seeing the precedent that is being set in some smaller moving countries, is now saying, look, we want to be a fast follower. We want to use Rwanda as a role model. And especially given the fact that there's now data showing that this can save money and save lives, it's essential that the U.S. invest in this technology and figure out how to make sure that we don't fall behind. And I actually think it's really exciting, you know, this program that the Department of Transportation has already announced, and there's big news coming soon, basically pushing a lot more responsibility to the cities and states so that they can basically begin to show the commercial viability of this technology right away. And the idea in theory could be we could see zipline planes going through, I don't know, downtown San Francisco. I'm sure you've tried to drive through there on any given day. It takes about half an hour to go two miles. Forever, yeah. That's true of almost all cities. Of them, actually, I mean, San yeah. Francisco is like 
<laughs> the best case scenario. I, mean, yeah. I don't know if you've ever spent time in like Nairobi or Dar es Salaam. Yeah. I mean, yes. it can be eight hours to get from one side of a city to another. And this v- version two of the plane that was outside, what is that able to do? Because you had the first version, which was already in, serv- already in service in Rwanda. What is this new one doing? So Zipline's new product is the fastest delivery drone in the world. And we've built that in direct response to customer need because people rely on us with their lives or the lives of their families and speed is everything when there's a medical emergency. And so we've basically spent the last year evolving and iterating every single part of what Zipline builds, whether that's the distribution center or the pre-flight checks or the software or the flight controls or the vehicle itself. Um, We've optimized and iterated on everything in order to provide the fastest service on the planet to get those products to people when they need them. So to put it into perspective, you know, the the second generation aircraft has a top speed of 128 kilometers an hour, and it's going to allow us to go to to actually do 10 times as many deliveries from each distribution center. So we're going to go from being able to do 50 deliveries to being able to do 500 deliveries a day. And that's due to everything from the changes in the station to actually in the plane. Yeah, exactly. It's everything. All of the changes throughout that entire technology stack are in service of speed and reliability, which are the things that matter to our customers. Right. All of those changes are really designed to basically take it from something that we were able to operate at a scale of one distribution center in a small country in order to get that technology to the point where it's now ready to be operating at a scale of tens of distribution centers in some of the largest countries in the world. That increase in scale and capacity lines up really well what's happening in the U.S. today. Right. How often does it crash? crash. (laughs) Um, So we design basically aerospace-level redundancy into every part of the system. This is actually a really important difference between us and a lot of the other people who are talking about drone delivery today that are like, like buying a quadcopter off the shelf. Like these vehicles are notoriously unreliable we fly over populated areas, you know, hundreds of flights a day, day in and day out, and people rely on us with their lives. So the system cannot, like, quote unquote, crash or not work. Right. It always has to work. So we design redundancy into every single part of the system because we are able to control every part of that technology stack to ensure that the vehicles are, you know, fundamentally as safe as a commercial airliner. Not only that, but we actually have a safety system on board, which is a parachute. So even in the case where the vehicle encounters a scenario that we had never been able to predict and is completely out of the realm of of normal operating conditions, the vehicle, if it can't make it back to the distribution center, can still basically use a safety parachute to bring itself to the ground safely. Because it's not enough to guarantee that we're saving the life of the person we're delivering to. We also have to ensure that we're safe for the people who we fly over day in and day out. So no actual like crash into a mountain or a tree under test conditions we do crash and and in fact that's one of the things that makes the company special but when we're operating commercially if a vehicle is running into problems it it's going to pull its parachute and we and and we have used that it's not great i mean you have to go and retrieve the vehicle but it's an amazing balance between being able to move quickly and save lives and then basically iterate on the technology and, and know that no new technology is ever going to be perfect. Yeah. This is our way of ensuring that we can save lives every day and still iterate really quickly on the technology. Do you know how many lives you've saved? About 33% of the deliveries that we do are emergency deliveries. So this means that a patient is in dire need of a transfusion and does not have access to that transfusion any other way other than getting this emergency delivery. And we've done about 1,100 total life and death deliveries over the last year. And in fact, that number is probably higher now. It was that number a week ago. 
it's having a huge impact on human health. And to put it into perspective, I mean, 50% of the people re- receiving transfusions in Rwanda today are moms who have just given birth and have postpartum hemorrhaging. And 30% are kids under the age of five. These are some of the most vulnerable populations that need access to these products. And traditional supply chains have not done a very good job of serving them. Um, There's a huge opportunity to leapfrog forward and not just get a 5% increase or a 6% increase, but actually say, let's solve the problem completely. Let's provide universal access to those products. As you say, often it's more just about logistics than what medicine you're taking. Almost always. Almost always. I mean, logistics, it's it's a nightmare, especially with products like blood. One of the things that a lot of people miss is that platelets only last six days. Red blood cells last 30 days. Plasma has to be frozen. You know, red blood cells have to be refrigerated, and then platelets are at room temperature, but they have to be constantly, <laughs> they have to be constantly yeah. agitated. And then you have different types. You know, A, B, A, B, and O, and positive and negative Rh factor. I mean, it's just a nightmare. Like knowing yeah. what product to send where, and like how do you make sure you have the right refrigeration or the right freezer at the right place? It's it's really really hard. And so, it's actually an incredible simplification of the entire supply chain when you just say, oh, forget all of that. (laughs) We'll just keep it in one place and we'll send it when someone is having an emergency. We'll send the exact kind of blood, the exact components when they need it. It's fascinating. Well, I know you've got a lot to do, so I'm going to let you do that. But thank you very much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you. And that is it. Bit of a different episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. I found it super interesting. And actually, one of these companies is actually doing something that's good for the world, which is kind of rare these days. Anyhow, I want to thank Keller for taking the time on what was a very busy and windy day just to sit down and talk. I want to thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, please take a moment, give a rating and review in Apple Podcasts. It is a huge help, as you know by now. And you can find me where I always am, in the paper on the weekend, at the Sunday Times, online at thetimes.co.uk, on Twitter, at Danny Fortson, and also on email at danny.fortson, F-O-R-T-S-O-N, at sunday-times.co.uk. And we'll be back next week with a mega guest. That's all I'm going to say. Till next week. Bye-bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.